Internet friends, and welcome to episode number 175 of Final Boss TV. I'm your host. My name is Adam K, aka Bay. And today, a little bit of a test right now. If you notice anything different, you probably won't. The show is in 30 FPS because it's a talk show. And I want to see if that really changes anything and to see if Discord actually looks a little better on your end because of bandwidth and nonsense and frames and whatever. We'll test it out today. But today's show is the state of ranged DPS in the Battle for Azeroth. So we have the tank show coming up next Sunday, followed by the melee show after that. It's sort of like a 8.1 pre-post kind of thought bubble discussionary show. And today is all about ranged DPS. Bring in sort of underdog ranged DPS, which also played this standard range dps to sort of get their ideas on how everything works out but of course there are some very special nerds that i have to thank at the start of the show here that this show would not be possible without them so thank you over to my patrons they are supporting the show the stream and everything in between without them the show would be a lot less full of art and production value of course if you want more of this show that exists over on the show's Patreon page. You can follow along with behind-the-scenes stuff. You've got the show notes. You've got the extra behind-the-scenes podcasts, of course. There'll be an after-show for the show today as well. You can go check all those out there. If you want, like, a crazy preach rant, there's a half of this episode from post-BlizzCon. is just Mike. Just go <laughs> ham. And the snippet from the Jesse Cox and Crendor special. That's all over on the show's Patreon page. So thank you very much for those that are supporting the show over there. And, of course... Follow it on Twitch. If you missed the show, it's on YouTube. We want to listen to it audio only. You got iTunes. You got Google Play Music. You got, I think, Stitcher Radio maybe still a thing. And if you want the IRSS feed directly, you can hit me up on Twitter, and I'll give it to you there. But today's show, let's go back over here. Mute these guys. Sham is back to talk about Elemental Shaman and other things. Sham, hello. Welcome back to the show. Hello. You are the grayscale going on today though but you're a sh you're not a shadow priest or are you a dr sham oh <laughs> is that do you want to explain the pringles behind you want to explain the pringles behind you right now so i started putting them back there because i didn't i was just too lazy to put them in the garbage and then <sighs> someone noticed it when i got the webcam and then i just started stacking them all there as like a meme and now it's just now it's my backdrop perfect not with a whole bunch of pringles behind him Got double fresh meat on the show. We have Aizen. Hello, sir. Welcome to the show. You Hello. are. There you go. Are you? Yeah. You're. You're pu push. There you go. Absolutely. Piping to us from across the pond today. Now you, however, are the quote-unquote official shadow priest, but not. But yes, correct. Uh. Well, I do main shadow. There you go. I did play the order as well. Very stubborn person. Oh, well, fair enough. So, yeah. We'll go with that. And then, bringing up the rear, there's Tettles. Hello, sir. Welcome. Hello. I'm here to represent uh, the best hybrid class and the oh. best hybrid spec. Balanced hmm. Druid. Let's go. What? You're just you're just trying to get chat riled up. Oh, no, no, no. It's facts, man. 
Okay. You can't get us around them. I think you're you're looking for the dream girl is gonna clip that now, and that's gonna be in the Discord server forever. What have you done? Those are facts. I didn't say anything that I don't disagree with. Okay. I'll take that. <clears throat> that's all right with me. But we opened with Sham and the what the heck the Pringles are there for. But I'll go back to you real quick again as well if you want to go over what you dabble in in World of Warcraft, what the heck you do in the community, and why the heck people should listen to what you have to say on the show today. So opening shoutouts, introductions. Sham, you're up. Go for it. So I play Elemental Shaman primarily I have since Mr. Pandaria. And I raid in Big Dumb Guild right now. But I actually did progression as a warlock, but I'm 8 of 8 mythic on both the warlock and the and the, uh, the LA shaman. I do a lot of the help with the guide writing on stormwithandlava.com. Like, I contribute to the raid guides and stuff like that. I'm pretty experienced with raiding. I'm getting back into mythic plus right now, so it's kind of work in progress there. That's kind of what I do. All right. Sounds like there's some, some resume building stuff there in the WoW scene. Aizen, how about you, sir? Uh, I've been playing Shadow since the start of WOD, basically. So not that long, relatively. Uh, before WOD, I was actually a healer main, mostly. I still played DPS, but not really as a main. Um, right now, I am a theorycrafter with Warcraft Priests in the Discord, and I ride the Icy Veins Shadow Guide. Ooh. Now, only the Icy Veins one, though. Who else do you need to give a shout-out to that does the other side of things? Yeah, just uh, I, I write the Icy Veins guide. Uh, DJ Riff writes the Wowhead guide, and Mel Game writes the Warcraft Priest guide. But we're all kind of working together, you know, in terms of the info that we put into the guides. Oh, gotcha. And Tattles, what do you have to say for yourself for that intro? And then, you know... Uh... <laughs> Uh, hello, my name is Settles. I play a uh, Moonkin in AK. Um, I'm a Balance moderator in the Dream Grove. I write the Wowhead guide for Balance Druid. I also help with uh, the Balance and Dream Grove website, DreamGrove.gg. I help with more of the Balance side. Um, I do a decent amount of theory crafting, not like a ton of the number stuff, but more of the more practical aspect of it. Uh, I competed in, in uh, I competed in the MDI, but I guess I was a healer for that, so. Not balanced, but oh. still could be in the MDI. Uh, I do a decent amount of Mythic Plus as well. Uh, same with Sham, trying to get back into it though. Uh, has been kind of slow so far for Battle for Azeroth, but we'll get back into it eventually. Okay. And that, that leads me right into the second question here that we're kind of bringing up on the state of shows, because there's no way that we can plug everything, because there's way too much stuff out there to go over. And as the, these shows aren't very guidey oriented, than resources that are out there. So I'm just gonna roll through some of these that we had talked about, but Sham, we'll go over to you, Sham and stuff first. What kind of resources are out there that we wanna all plug and make sure everyone knows? And of course, if you're on YouTube, they'll all be linked below, or if you're on stream right now, you can just type them into your browser and then bookmark them if you don't know about them, haven't heard about them. So Sham, what do we have resource-wise? So the primary LA Shaman resource is stormwithandlava.com. That's kind of like the main hub that all the theory crafters go to. And then Icy Veins and Wowhead kind of branch off from that. The people that contribute to Icy, Icy Veins and Wowhead are also writers on stormwithandlava.com. That is our main hub there. Yeah, this is a little bit... There is something for enhancement being put together in the same sort of vein that you guys made for 
SEO, but not out yet. I want to plug, because we're all going to talk about it, Blood Mallet's resource for trinkets, stat weights, Azerite stuff. All of these are over there because we'll talk about Elemental. We'll just pull up the Elemental page. So trinket sims, Azerite, even race-oriented racial sims, even though they're everyone's like, oh, DPS racials matter so much. <laughs> Draenei is 16.2. 2.8. Troll is 16.4. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, oh Very boy. big difference. Very big. Huge. Just game It's all break. about the aesthetic, dude. Well, okay. That's fine. If you want to be Zappy Boy, then by all means. But you can go find all the stuff on Blood Mallet. And, of course, the new Azerite traits, once you guys get those all sorted out, will be up here, too. So, Aizen, how about... Uh, obviously, Priest stuff is right here as well. But specifically for Priest, what do we have... Yeah, so we have uh, the Warcraft Priest Discord, which is like where all the theory crafters are working together essentially with uh, sims and just, you know, talking, thinking about the game. Um, and then that info we get from the sims and stuff, we translate into the guides. So we have me who writes the Azure Vance guide, uh, like I said before already, DJ Riff does the Wild guide, and then Mel Gain does the guide on Warcraft Priests itself. Uh, so yeah, those are the resources we have for Shadow. Yeah, it's it's funny. Not every spec, and I, I'll, I'll caveat in here, that we were looking to see, is there anything for Hunters? Hunters just have their Icy Vein guides, and then they have the True Shot Lodge Discord, but they don't have like a standalone site like some specs and some classes do. So that's hunter stuff. How about uh, Balanced How about Moonkin stuff? Tettles, what do you have? Um, so we got the dreamgrove.gg website. Um, that kind of breaks off into the Icy Veins and the Wowhead Guide, respectively. We all kind of work on the Dreamgrove GG Guide. Me, Bora Bank, uh, Nick Druid, and Goosey Druid. We all kind of work on the Dreamgrove GG Guide, and then that kind of breaks off into the Icy Veins and Wowhead Guide. So they're all up to date, and they're all maintained by similar people, and it's going to have like similar information. It's all going to be correct, and um, it's all up to date most for the, for the most part. Nice, because you guys have these, these would be the places that I want to make sure people know about because eight point one. Not everyone might be following all the different minor to major changes, so these websites will definitely be super helpful. And then Sham, there is a Warlock resource. I'm going to pick on you because you did stuff as Warlock this tier as well. Where do Warlocks go? There's a Warlock website similar to Stormers and Lava called Lock One Stop Shop. Yeah. That's all I really know about that, though. Yeah, literally everything is here for them also. Loss, which <laughs> you guys didn't know that's what it was called before. So who Whose mind was that blown? Was that... Was it Aizen didn't know that? We were setting up the show. Like, yeah, it was Aizen. Yeah. Oh, was it me? Oops. You didn't know that loss was lock one stop shop. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never realized that's actually the acronym of the whole website. Yep. Never made the connection. Good acronym though. And then, and then we also have mages. They have altered time. So who who dabbles in the mage stuff mostly between the three of you? I think Sham and I both play mage. Um, I've played a little bit of. Uh, a little bit of fire and then a decent amount of frost this expansion because we needed alts for 
So I've had um, I've had some mage experience and understand the class like at an okay level. I wouldn't say I'm like super sick or anything though. Right. I'm kind of similar to you. Okay. Yeah, definitely not me. I've never actually played a mage at any sort of high level. Never been able to get into the mage for some reason. Yeah. Don't like it. Fair enough. I'm a I'm a fire mage if I ever play a mage, but fire mage is almost like different to slash better elemental shaman depending on how you look at it you know argue about that point but yeah fire mage definitely for me so so those are all the different resources we have i don't think we forget anything if i we come up with anything else i'll link them down below of course but make sure you all have those sorted and i guess the first topic i want to bring up i brought up this with healers because it was sort of this weird mumbo jumbo that was floating around it was going to change the whole game and bfa feels awful because of it the gcd change and tentals will start with you first did it really affect anything for balanced druid or the other range that you've you've dabbled in either or not really so by and large the gcd changes feel more obnoxious than anything else um, they really slow down the game. They slow down your opener. I know at the beginning I was struggling with uh, popping in Karn because it was on GCD, and I would just like, oh, I need to use it here. Oh, I didn't use it. <laughs> oh, thanks. And it was like, that was really frustrating for a little bit, but like the more I've been playing with Encarn on the GCD, it's fine. So that's like a damage thing. For mobility, though, Wild Charge being on the GCD, and for a lot of the other classes, the mobility being on the GCD thing is really more obnoxious than anything else. It requires you to like kind of slow down your game and like sit on globals for a second just so you can use your mobility cooldown so like on mithrax or whatever whenever you're going back and forth with the obliteration beam during the intermission having to like sit on globals or be kind of careful with the obliteration beam so because i can't like quickly move um definitely not super sick but not game changing i don't think now that you specifically brought up mobility and movement so i'll tag because on that, that was the most important stuff that was hit on the gcd right a lot of that is being removed in 8.1, correct? Correct. Yeah. Which which I'm two thumbs up on. That seems really good to me. Right. Isaac, how about Shadow Priests and stuff? Did that... And then, of course, if anything is because you have changes on the horizon 8.1, so what's the GCD like for Shadow Priests? Yeah. So uh, the only thing Shadow was really affected by with the GCD changes was Vampiric Embrace going on the global cooldown. Um, and then also technically surrender to madness, which is a talent, but we don't, we pretend that talent doesn't exist. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, so it didn't really change a whole lot for shadow. Like I said, except for Vampiric Embrace in 8.1, it's still going to be on the global cooldown, but, um, they're, they're adding a baseline passive to the spec, which makes you generate six insanity when you successfully use uh, several of your utility spells and Vampiric Embrace is one of those. So in 8.1 you won't lose as much if you use Vampiric Embrace as a global. But it will still be on the global. But as a whole, the global cooldown changes didn't really change much for Shadow at all. No. I actually gotta bring that up now. I wanna see... Can we actually... Yeah, the, um, the passive they added is called Hallucinations. It used to be PvP talent. Oh, they just ripped that and brought that over. Yeah, exactly. Oh. It's like your dispels, um, power shields, and vampiric. They generate six insanity when you use them. I want to see what it... 
It's not. Oh, yeah, there it is. You get it 58. Yeah, successfully dispelling magic, casting master spell, purify disease, vampiric embrace, and powered shield will generate six insanity. That's just each cast, right? Period. Yeah, it's yeah. it's successful cast. So okay. if you just cast master spell when you hit nothing, you dispel nothing, it doesn't generate. But if you just cast power shield on yourself or anyone else, even out of combat, it generates six insanity. Nice. But still on the global to do these powerful utility abilities, yeah. but at least you're rewarded for doing so. You don't feel like you're just wasting and you're not. Okay. Yeah. Well, not, not nice. really rewarded, but you're not punished as much. There you so go. How I put it. Yeah. Very good. And Sham, uh, going to you last for this one because I think this is probably the most. Hmm. <laughs> one. Because of Elemental Shaman and the global cooldown stuff. What, what do we. How's it feel? Pretty much everything we had was already on the global cooldown, so it didn't really change much for Ellie. Ascendance was added, but that's not like the worst thing. It's just kind of obnoxious, like Titles was saying. Yeah. But the one that really gets me is ancestral guidance being on the global cooldown, because like you gotta you can, like ramp up all your earthquakes and everything. You see people get low, you want to use it. It just feels like the longest global cooldown ever. You're sitting there waiting forever. But it's during the EOE, usually during some intense part of a fight. So that one I wish would go away. It actually might be going away. I don't really know. I don't if there's a full list. I'm actually because yeah. you there's everything that's happening 8.1 is they have like a summary list, but it's so much stuff, which is again why you guys will have us all and everything will be sorted. Yeah, there's so many builds. I don't even know which one to click on. I have no idea anymore mm -hmm. to see. Uh like kind of expanding on that i do think yeah, that some spells should be on the gcd like instant cast spells and stuff like that that's fine to be on the gcd even damage cooldowns kind of feel like it but like sham was saying i feel like some of the utility stuff is like really awkward being on the gcd because moonkins have innervate and stuff like that and that wasn't on the gcd in legion and now it is but again it's not like it's bad or anything it's just really awkward to play around sometimes and especially whenever you're trying to like Oh, I want to give my healer this free mana cooldown, and it's like, never mind. I really don't want to give it to him, but he can have it, I guess. Yeah. Well, at least you also have the Azerite thread, right? To make <laughs> in the very basically into the. Thank Azerite. goodness that I have that. <laughs> yeah. Uh -oh. So damage if, if people don't understand what he's referencing, balance basically has an Azerite trait that gives us a stacking intellect buff based on how many spells that the healer casted during Innervate, and it's uh it's your best Azerite trait by a pretty sizable chunk plus it's burst so it's like hmm. overwhelmingly your best right just because it fits like the best damage profile and stuff like that and so they turned like this weird utility spell into like your best azurite trait and it does like the most damage and it's stupid it's really it, worth it yeah i i didn't know that it sounds kind of janky but apparently it's, not it's really dumb huh this gives you, it just gives you too much int, I suppose? I guess that's the whole... Uh, it's getting nerfed, and it's still going to be your best trait. No, well, so a large huh. part of the issue is that it's it fulfills, like, a burst damage profile, which is, like, burst is the most important um, aspect of damage, just generally speaking, right? Burst DPS is the... And so if it's close to competitive, it will be the best by far. Additionally, they can't... It's hard to balance around, like a, like, an ideal number of stacks because some healers, like... Mistweaver Monk and Holy Paladin just can get ridiculous amount of stacks, while other specs like Disc Priest, Holy Priest, or whatever else can't really get too many stacks. So it's really, really awful to balance, too. Uh, lively Spirit. 
It owns. When Innervate expires, your intellect is increased by an amount for each spell the target casts using Innervate. Oh, for 20 seconds, it snapshots. Yeah, and you and you compound it with end card, and you actually just do the most damage. Basically gives you two, three minutes cooldown. Really powerful. Oh. I see. And that's yeah, it's getting is... it's getting nerfed, but it's not nerfed enough. Interesting. Well, I guess so that opening bit, just to get the the G C D such out of the way, brings me to you guys suggested this and sort of all echoed this change. And sort of we, we go back and forth between Mythic Plus and high end rating and sort of get those you you know, those opinions smushed together there. There is an interesting topic that I wasn't necessarily aware of. I only do like 10, 11, 12s weekly, kind of do my own thing, Mythic Plus, and just kind of move on. I don't really push high keys, but obviously it's become more and more prevalent in the game. So there's a meta that the healers didn't have to talk about last week because there's one healer per Mythic Plus, but what is up with the double melee one ranged, like the 15 plus key realm where you're not able to bring more than one ranged? I don't know who wants to oh who wants to field this topic because it's a little bit. Uh, I can I can start. So sure. so basically, there's like a really like there's like a really big standalone meta right now where the sure. best DPS comp is Demon Hunter Rogue and then either Major Munkin, right? Which is mm. fine. It's it's partially due to the utility and additionally they've added like a ton of interrupts that needed to be kicked in Battle for Azeroth. Additionally, tank threat is really dumb, and melee have a large majority of like the AoE stuns like Demon Hunter has, Windwalker Monk has, stuff like that. So so having these all of this utility, it really lends its credence towards like more melee-centric stuff. Additionally, melee do seem a little bit imbalanced in terms of how much damage they're doing right now. Um, we might get into that a little bit better, but like a little bit later, but right now, um, melee, just generally speaking, do a lot more damage than ranged overall. So that also helps them out like a fair amount. Okay. And it, but the kicks, but the kick thing and the utility thing, generally speaking, kind of put your comp on a lock to where you need like a double melee because there are dungeons like Shrine of the Storm or Motherload or whatever else where you have to have like a lot of kicks just to be able to go through with the dungeon itself. Okay. Yeah. Then on top of that, it's not like you're really punished for having more than one melee um, in Battle of Azeroth. I would also argue that Infested is also another big reason, because you have like these single target stuns from melee, and additionally, they're also, normally, generally speaking, closer to the mobs, so they can kind of pump out damage, plus they have pretty good target swapping if they can normally connect with mobs, so they're able to really kind of just destroy um, Infested mobs pretty quickly for the most part from melee. Yeah. Where Explo I think explosive most... as well. I think most range, except for Frost Mage, is like really bad at killing Infested, right? Yeah, and then there's yeah. Explosive as well, that Malie is really good at killing, mm -hmm. prior to a lot of ranged. Yeah, Fro Frost Mage is actually really good at killing Infested, but most other range classes aren't super sick at it. Yeah. Too much. I guess I would put like Hunters, probably just fine with that, but then... Moonkin is like okay, but yeah, you end up okay. losing a lot of damage to do it. It's a, uh, I mean, we're about to move from the infested ethics in January to reaping. Thank so, obviously, thank goodness, right? Yeah, I think we're all done with kahunis, all right? They're done going through walls, going through doors, clipping through whatever. Stop. 
This, we're done. Just res the mobs and let us kill them again, I guess. But this is a weird one to bring up from, I mean, I'm the melee player in raids that you see that, and we have a topic that this goes, you know, this is like this is the preface point for that, is that there's less range prevalence in Mythic Plus, but there's way more in raids. So, and this is even talking about the whole fact of everyone being a night elf, everyone running with uh, Shadow Mail, but is, I, I guess that's just, that's really like a 15 plus thing. You guys don't really see much of an issue if you run triple. Well, another point of reference is the end of Legion. If you were pushing these 28s, 29s, 30s, these really higher level keys. Uh -huh. So there was like one comp that was the best. It was like Affliction, Moonkin, and uh, Windwalker Monk. But you could pretty much play anything you wanted, right? You could play this double melee comp. It's obviously going to be a little bit harder because melee in a lot of more frontals in Legion, they've kind of removed frontals this expansion. But you could really play whatever you wanted in terms of like structure. Okay. But now it feels very, very locked, especially at that higher end. Hmm. There's a lot more room to customize your comp back then for sure. Yeah. And in the same... The Mythic Plus state of show that I did a number of weeks ago, the one thing that was brought up was the raid buffs. And I know we're about to get into the, the raid side of this conversation, but in Mythic Plus, not as big of a deal. So you don't necessarily always have to bring all the buffs and debuffs. Scrolling them is pretty much okay that we've understood, but obviously... Demon, Demon Hunter and Monk buff are right. actually pretty, pretty big sums. It okay. also has to do with Demon Hunter and Monk classes being also pretty good. Okay. Because if, the, if those classes are bad, then you just don't bring it, right? It's like whatever. Right. Yeah, you're not just bringing them for the debuff. They're also the good damage yeah. on top of it. Like, like Mistweaver Monk is very good. Brewmaster Monk is very good. Windwalker Monk is serviceable if you have a spot for melee. It's like, okay. And then obviously, Havoc Demon Hunter is probably the best melee in Mythic Plus right now. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It, it seems like, so whenever they went and designed the BFA dungeons, they designed them to solve a problem. And the problem was doing these very large pulls and then kiting trash back, right? Like these Nelf Layer, Black uh, Black or Cold style pulls where you're doing like an over pull and then you're kiting, right? And they tried to solve it with Infested, they tried to solve it with tank mechanics and all the other stuff, and it ended up just creating this very, very, very structured meta that feels pretty bad to play sometimes. Yeah... I've never understood that point because I don't know how much faster it is to pull like 19 mobs versus pack to pack to pack and just control each one in a row. But again, I, don't, I haven't pushed high keys right now. So it's pretty significant. Is it? Yeah, it's just more efficient if you have cooldowns to stack with the big pull. I mean, even, okay. So even if you, if you save yourself like one or two packs, even if it's 20 seconds per, pack, if you do that four or five times a dungeon, you're saving minutes, right? Right. Okay. That's fair. I guess the only thing I wanted to... I mean, Sham, do you have anything to add on on this to echo anyone else, or...? A lot of, I think a lot of the reason you can't really, like, do the kiting anymore isn't even, like, the aggro changes are infested. It's more like there's just so many things that will stop and cast the whole time that is separate each other. You can't really AOE them down if you're running away. Yeah. It's, it's all of it. I think they, they tried to address a problem, and it's just... Everything. They overcorrected. Okay. Which, it's not going to get any different in with the reaping, because you're technically be killing more trash. <laughs> right? You're going to have... If if the way it's going to work is every 20% all that reses and comes at you, then you it, they're almost forcing that playstyle upon you. 
if all of that rezzed trash is in one giant mob pack that comes chasing you, it's no different. You want to like strategically put all your mobs in like corners or places in in certain dun. I don't know. We'll see. They'll figure it out. The plus but runners, bringing but... it back to like why ranged is bad, that like it's like a lot of issues. It's not just one. Okay. So I guess the stage is set for this fun topic that gets has to get brought up when we're talking about ranged. I don't know how this feels, and again, the only like, range I've ever really played at any type of level or any type of content has been Fire Mage, obviously a very mobile caster. So how has the ranged movement subject sort of evolved and changed in Battle for Azeroth? And are Affliction Warlocks, Fire Mages, and BM Hunters, like the ranged kings of mobility, just overshine all the others? So what issues d does or is or has this created in how Battle for Azeroth is for ranged movement? So Sham, you're up to bat first. Big Dumb Guild, go for it. So a lot of the problem is they're still designing the hard bosses around having a lot of movement and managing all these mechanics as and then a lot of the ranged classes that aren't like these king of movements, like Fire Mage, BM Hunter, and all Affliction Warlock, I guess, all the other ones have kind of lost their ability to handle the movement very well. So you got things like Boomkins, Ali Shaman, Shadow Priest, every other Warlock spec, stuff like that. It's just they can't handle it very well. So every time we get to those bosses that have a lot of movement on them, it suddenly becomes very lopsided towards the specs that can move. Hmm. Okay. Keep it in the wrong Or melee, you can bring them. It's... I don't want to, like, harp on the whole... That, that There's only, like, four or five melee spots in raids, and you bring all the rest as ranged. So, I don't know where to go with this topic. It, so it's, this also is, a play, you guys. it's also a player skill thing. So, okay. like, if you're good, you can do Gahoon last phase without losing any damage. It's pretty much any ranged spec. If you're, like, not... If you're, like, okay... You're going to lose a lot of damage, and it's just like one of those things that you just really lose a lot of damage if you're not super sick at your movements right now, as a ranged DPS. And melee are balanced around having this downtime on fights, but it doesn't seem like ranged are, and especially for these heavy casters like Spreece, like Moonkin, like I think Ellie is a heavy caster as well. Like all these really heavy casters, tile um, ranged classes, it makes it really hard to like fix this movement stuff. And it's not going to be fixed in 8.1. For Battle of Desire Lore, there's a fair amount of, like, heavy movement fights again. Right. And um, the problem is, even when you're standing still, you still aren't doing, like, exceptional damage. You're still below all the melee that are running out. And even if you do it perfectly, you're still not, like, pulling way ahead like you probably should be. Yeah. And, like, sure, if you have to bring in exceptional melee versus exceptional ranged, then you're probably going to choose exceptional melee almost 100% of the time just because they're balanced. Like, so much better and they do like just significantly more damage right now but additionally the melee the range mechanics overall are very very punishing um similar to the melee mechanics it's just not as apparent because you don't die for your punishments you just lose a lot of damage right there's it's, it's really funky though there's a back and forth on that too so like like aizen with with shadow priest right now you have Kind of a similar to Affliction Warlock, where you can dot, move, channel, dot, move, channel, sort of hard cast here and there. And you, you're going to excel on the multi-target fights, and there are a handful of multi-target fights coming up in Battle for DZA. So, is that how it's supposed to just 
ebb and flow and that's why i mean the, the sleeper op comment we'll get to later but yeah well um i, do, I definitely do think that shadow is going to be better in the next rate compared to older uh simply because of the fight design but um, in order the problem compared to affliction was that affliction really doesn't lose a lot of damage from moving because it only really stands still to cast unstable affliction and shadow bolt or drain life if they have the trait but unstable affliction you can delay as long as you're not capped on soul shards and shadow bolt is just your filler so you just don't really lose a lot of damage from moving because so much of your damage uh, comes from your dots but compared to shadow you yeah you have dots as well and a decent amount of damage comes from your but you also have a lot of uh, spells you have to cast in the process if only to generate insanity so yeah while they are a, a kind of similar in the sense that they're above dot specs affliction and shadow um shadow still does lose a lot more it's a bit of a double punishment for shadow when it comes to movement because you lose both uptime and you also lose insanity generation at the same time so yeah the only real issue with the reason that you're not like hard stacking melee on all of the last four or five bosses is because they're really punishing you for like stacking up as melee Oh right, I mean because they have like a because yeah. they have the orb on Mithrax, they have the wave on Gahoon. Well, we used to have the orb on Mithrax. Okay, now sure. it's only ranged. Well, that's but, that's yeah. because you can't really have that many melee mechanics, yeah. right? You, like, you need to have like if you have this big arena, um, you need to you have ranges that are spread around there, and the melee is always spread around the boss. I so mean, you, you could have... argue that they're over punishing melee for having the for, for yeah. wanting to stack up. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Like fights like Bifrex or Fetter Devourer are overly punishing for, but I'm not sure if they're doing that on purpose. Like they're just designing mechanics as they think are cool, but it just happens to be the case that the mechanics they design more often than not um, end up being unfriendly to melee simply because, well, you can't really stack up. And if there are mechanics that affect melee, well, it's most likely uh, to affect the melee that are stuck. Yeah, so, I mean... So Mifrex is a prime example of that. Um, yeah. I, th I think it's kind of an unavoidable problem. I think it's just way easier to make mechanics that are... Um, like, that you can actually do as ranged because you just have way more freedom in terms of space where you sure. want the mechanics to happen in the bus room. Yeah, you're not bringing ranged because they're good. You're bringing ranged because melee will wipe. I think is, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, is, yeah, I think is the root of it, right? I don't think, wow. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I don't think ranged is an especially strong role right now. And if you have, like, exceptional melee players on your roster, I think you will fill them in every single slot you can. But ranged is like by and large right now, very hard to play um, damage-wise, and you don't get as much benefit as you do for being like a really sick melee. Yeah, I could, I could... Yep. There's definitely some point to that. I mean, but we can't go back. None of you brought up the, the Mr. Pindaria. All ranged can move while casting everything, and you have talents that help you move while casting, and then all the range can do whatever they want, basically, and lose nothing for casting, more or less, right? Not, no one, none of you echoed any of that, so we don't need to go back to that nonsense, right? It's not that. 
level of annoyance yet? Or is there a middle ground that Blizzard sort of overly swung on? Or... We need like tools to be able to fill the gaps. We don't necessarily need to be able to cast everything on moving. That'd be that'd be too much. Right. I think like Ellie Shaman Ice Fury is a good example. Every thirty seconds you get four globals you can use on the move and you have fifteen seconds to use them. You can manage that pretty well if the talent's good enough to do. Well yeah, right mages also have shimmer and stuff and they can cast while moving pretty pretty easily with shimmer, right? Wow. You just don't cancel your cast and you blink and then you're still right. and you cast and it's fine. Right. Uh, obviously and execute fire mage can just move all the time with scorch it's pretty dumb it's true yeah, that one that's a little dumb that was pretty good <laughs> pretty op by cool the way. yeah yeah I, I don't know there's, there's there is a middle ground i think i think it right. comes with fight design i don't think it comes with class design but right. it could also be remedied by class design so that so the, the, the problem okay. as well is yeah. that um quite a lot of the fight design you can just um like the the movement that happens in the fights you can solve by either stutter stepping or using any mobility skill that you have but especially when it comes to having to stutter step that's pretty dependent on your own skill yeah. uh, so there's a pretty big difference between what a good player like how a good player deals with movement versus how a bad player deals with movement i think the gap right there is a bit too big right now for the majority of the range spec. like mages have it relatively easy because they have blink to cover up any mistakes if they make any right but um, yeah, a spec like Elemental or Shadow Priest doesn't have that sort of backup, if you will. Yeah, we were yeah. talking about this yesterday, how the, the skill gap between the top and, like, the middle 50% for range DPS is really, really punishing for who are not, like you said, super, super good at micromanaging their movements and doing these preemptive stutter steps and everything else and making the literal best use out of all their globals. Yeah, and so, and just to Shout out Kib and Chatty saying a solution would be to make the filler spells cast while the move, not the hard hitting abilities, just to permit range to stay active. But just like Eisen said, movement is part of the skill cap for ranged. I think they've kind of a little bit like Elemental Shaman at least has Frost Shock, which not only is iconic and kind of an old school meme, but that is if you don't, if you're not flame shocking on the move, you don't have a lava burst, then you, you Frost Shock. Right? So you have that. But those yeah. aren't really... That's also a utility spell, not really a filler spell. Filler is lightning bolt. So... Yeah, it doesn't generate any maelstrom. It does very little damage. So it's yeah. something, but it's not much. Warlocks used to have life tap. It's gone now. Yeah. So... A lot, of, a lot of classes, like, a, a decent amount of the range classes can, like, refresh dots or do something on the move. And yeah. it's, like, more than zero, but it's, like, I don't know, 20% of your normal rotation and stuff like that. Right. So it's, it's really funny. I don't know. There, there is a nice, there's a better middle ground in terms of the fight design. Um, I don't need to be running 50 yards every 45 seconds or something. I think is the <laughs> most, right? sometimes you just got to though. Unpre unpredictable movement. It's killer for ranged. And I think the fact that some of these ranged specs aren't super balanced around having to move all the time is also a yeah. pretty big killer overall. So this brings up the quandary topic that i've been leading all these previous ones now are leading into this and there's some back and forth on these two chunks that i want to go over here about sort of ranged versus ranged and then sort of in a mirror point when we go over on the melee show melee versus melee and the rising very it's not whoops that's the wrong button it's not it's not a, I wouldn't use the T word, but it is a bit of a debacle with the niches now, or niche, however you want to pronounce the damn word, whatever. 
is what gets slotted into what spot again talk about the higher end because that's stuff that information trickles down to everyone else sort of how the top end do it and then replicated to some extent throughout the rest of the community is certain ranged do and again in this ecosystem do you sort of have a higher usual suspect rate bringing these not these and the pures have always sort of been there right so mages warlocks and hunters and i wrote down stuff like mages they bring in immunity they obviously bring now a raid buff and they're highly mobile dps outside of arcane their burst phase but i mean come on only gonna play arcane if you really can warlocks health stone reg utility gateway huge reg utility and a battle res hunters immunity bloodlust their mobility bm can lose no damage while moving but I had to double check this on current player data. BM isn't like the best range DPS right now. It needs to be like right smack dab in the middle because of that perk, which is where it's at. And then misdirect, of course, which can or cannot be used here and there. Versus sham, I don't want to, because we can both go back and forth on this a little bit. Like what, what does Elemental Shaman bring to compete with that, right? We have like some things that are sometimes useful, but we don't really have any defined strength that is ever going to get us over something else, unless they let Tremor Totem be super useful. Like, if Tremor Totem dropped the orbs on Mithrax, even if it still did damage, like, that'd be useful. That'd be like a Then maybe we'd bring more shamans if you had them, but they got rid of that, so you can't. So there's no real reason to bring a shaman in that fight. They don't really do anything special. Right. Even if they were top damage, they aren't doing anything special for the raid at all. Yeah. I mean, I'll go with you on the shamans that we have. A ranged interrupt, right? Really short cooldown as well. Range stun. We have tremor, hopefully. Range slow. Like, these things that can be used, but it's not a battle res or a gateway or a, you know, because here it was, let me go back and forth on that, but then again, so can Hunter. So it doesn't really... That's yeah, tough. well, that's, that's the problem, right? Because you have all this utility that's on your utility list. Right, that, that's counted as your utility. Sure. There's a very big discrepancy um, in terms of what's actually useful utility in practice and what's not. Yeah. Um, so that's right now. That's a really big problem. You have abilities like wall or gateway or immunities in general that, in practice, will usually see pretty good use. But then you have something like tremor totem, which is you know for the situation where you would want to use it is really useful. But that situation doesn't happen enough, so it ends up being a really niche utility. So then at that point, it's just taking up space on your ability bar, uh, where you don't really want to use it or have to use it 90% of the time. And then the few times you do have to use it, you're like, well, is this, is this really worth bringing a shaman for? And the answer is probably no for that. Um, and then to bring that back to sh uh, Shadow. Right. Uh, you have Vampiric Embrace, which is pretty good utility, but you don't, you wouldn't bring a Shadow Priest for Vampiric Embrace. It's not good enough for that. It's not useful enough for that. There's no, there's not really a time where you're like, okay, we need just a little bit of extra healing. Do we have a Shadow Priest? And yeah, Vampiric Embrace just isn't good enough for that. And that way you compare it to Gateways or Battle Rest, um, Health Stones, Immunities. It just ends up being a pretty unfair comparison in practice. You, um, I mean, I'll give you so the two things there is that dispersion used to almost be an immunity, but it isn't anymore. 
And yep. I think the only reason why you really see Shadow Priests, if you need to, is Master Spell. Yeah, but even Master Spell isn't entirely unique or right, right. exceptionally useful because if you do need a big AoE dispel, you just have Blood Elves if you're. Hey! Uh, hey! And there's also, but hey. yeah, you're Alliance, I know. Hey. But there's also a bunch of. There's also also multiple specs that can just do single dispels. And how often do you really need multiple dispels at the same time? Right. There's a couple of examples, like Zul. You need like you need to dispel three ads at the same time. But really, you could also do that without master spell. It would just take yep. a little bit longer. So, yeah. There's just... there's a larger issue that they're not balancing well around utility. Um, so it's fine for some classes to have unique utility as long as all classes have some form of unique utility. But there's some classes that are very overloaded in terms of what they bring and what they can bring, such as some of these raid buffs like Demon Hunters bring and uh, Monks bring, and additionally some of the stuff like Rogue Shroud and everything else. Uh, I would argue that Boomkin is also pretty overloaded with utility in terms of like Solar Beam and Typhoon and everything else. It has probably just a little bit too much stuff. Even though it's not all unique, it's probably a little bit too much. Right. Uh, them not balancing the whole entire game around this utility is not super great overall. It's like, are they balancing it around raids or dungeons? That's another topic because, like, shaman utility is really well suited for dungeons, but for sure. raids, it's almost never. So it's like, do they want to make it better and make it OP in dungeons, or do they just want to keep it where it is and make it bad? In I mean, for twenty man content, it's fine, right? But then you have people doing mythic plus and everything else, and it's like, oh, this is not balanced at all. Yeah, <laughs> that face when shaman has the original buff class doesn't bring raid buffs. <laughs> oh no not a single one chat please yeah they've given us other rate we had Stormlash totem but none of us want Stormlash totem back right i had the stupid i don't even remember what it's called anymore the enhancement shaman static buff crap that had stupid ridiculous math in legion but none of us want that back so i didn't hate the idea of all classes getting buffs and they're kind of shared between a couple classes like you, you mix and match like warlocks and I don't know, Demon Hunter have the same buff and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and if every class has a buff, then it's a little bit more fair, in my opinion. Yep. I, I brought that argument up during beta that if you have, like, the Demon Hunter and the Monk buff in melee, then the same buff should be mirrored out to ranged. And then you have the... You have the, um... The buffs mirrored yeah, you out got, from you got ranged. Yeah, Battle Shout and AI. Yeah, like a Battle Shout should be on a range, and then Ford and AI should be on a melee, right? They should be sort of mirrored in that regard. So, because then it doesn't matter. You can have them, and he has coverage, because the very specific point of that is is just, it's not fun. You don't feel... I mean, you don't feel that, like, you like having scrolls is, like, not that big of a deal. Yeah. Not having the monk and not having the demon hunter buff is like a really big oh that's problem. huge because yeah. you can't you can't that's, make up for that's those. That's being a problem. That's that's literally yeah. like five percent damage. Yeah. Yep. No, that's quite literally. Well, it's roughly you gotta multiply it together and whatever because it's yeah. Take the boss's health. What's five percent of that for casters? What's five percent of that for melee? It's a it's huge pacing thing. And yep. you would you would actually design like fetid devourer strats by like making your demon hunter get off the boss and come hit the corpuscle that the ranged are on. Oh yeah, right? I, we had we did two demon hunters for that specific thing to make sure the debuffs were on. Yeah. Uh, yep. For for our uh, Mithrak progression, we missed one of our main demon hunters for one of the progression. So oh. because we knew we would miss him, we had to bring in another demon hunter, an ult, for the next day, because. The damage debuff they bring is just that big. Like any 
the amount um the less damage that the old demon hunter would do uh, would still be better than the damage you'd miss from the ranged or the casters not having the debuff. Yeah. I, and I think, really and I, problematic. I think trying to tie this back in, I, I think that the niche in all the stuff either needs to all be unique, like every class needs to bring something, or it needs to be shared. I, I don't think it can be this like weird in between that they have. Right. Then they just create like this really large imbalance between a lot of the classes. No, I've because like Moth had everyone had a class buff, and that was fine. And then Maud had no one had a class buff, and that was fine. Yep. That Water Legion, I don't know. So you see, they're all or nothing. You can't have like half. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and like Eisen was saying before the show about that stuff that Ian was saying about all classes need their niche a little bit more clearly defined. Yeah. If, all, if everybody's niche is very clearly defined, that's okay. It doesn't matter to me. As long as everybody has like this, this niche that's not going to be like overlapped and overshadowed by other classes. Yep. In a per in the perfect world, that's how it would work. Yeah, I, but I've really feared that that's only something you could do in you could design in the and in practice that just wouldn't work out, and you could, you can kind of see on live that it's not working out. See, and, and, I'm, got, and I'm okay with a lot of shared stuff. I mean, it's yeah, not, yeah, it's not bad me thing. too, me too. But I think, I think uh, what they really want to avoid is homogenization. Uh, They're really scared of that. I think. At but putting point. putting like an int putting you know fort int battle shout and then mystic touch and and the damn um, chaos touch debuffs on other isn't going to homogenize because the issue with those things is that it, it does not feel good when you have them because they're mandatory at the higher end it just feels bad when you don't yeah and that's I just would agree not that, fun yeah. it's just not but, uh, yeah, I don't um, know for some reason I just feel like Blizzard really hesitant yeah. in yeah making that sort of change so, so the result is just having a really unbalanced uh situation just because you have some pretty optimistic design philosophy but it just doesn't really work out in practice most of the time so last big thing i want to bring up before we go to the break and then sort of weave in some q a and ama from chat here is comes in from senpai word up and word up sort of put this out there as I added some extra things to it and got some stats on here but do you think it's healthy for the game to have what we've been talking about this whole time either from a community perception or what the WoW devs have created this weighting towards ranged classes in raid encounters where it's less available classes versus a large number of melee to cover that requirement in recent years at the higher end so there are 11 ranged specs but only across 9 classes there are 13 melee specs, but over nine classes. And again, the proliferation of at least the mythic raid. And I don't know how heroic raiders do this because you can go up to 30 people, but less punishing, less damaging oriented stuff in that regard. But you only have like four, three or four, maybe five melee in mythic. And the rest is all ranged when you're looking at your DPS spots because you just can't fit more usually. So... Like, you feel it. When you have to be like, yeah, at sixth melee because you have a ranged out on, you know, for whatever reason that night, you're like, it, it throws things awkwardly off. So, I don't know what this, I mean, Sham, what your perception of this is, and you'll start off this round table here real quick, the healthiness versus if it's a community thing or it's what the WoW devs want, we just to deal with it, or do you want to go with this? I don't necessarily think it's something that devs want, but it's something they keep doing unintentionally. Like, oh. they're designing fights, <laughs> and they don't really know how to make it not that. 
like ideally if let's say there's 12 D room for 12 dps on a fight you'd want to have 6b range and 6b melee or if you had to pick one to favor you'd probably want to favor melee because like you said there's more melee than there are range but how do they really do that without making really boring fights without any spread mechanic or anything like that they really like the spread mechanics right so i'm not really sure that's something they can easily avoid or try to remove it's kind of just a natural part of how the game works I almost yeah. think it'd be better to make more melee specs into range specs instead of doing things like what they did to Survival Hunter. They could put that back into a range or something. Yeah, I touched upon this a little bit early in the show as well, but I think it's just a lot harder to create fun and engaging fights if you have less, less ranged in a group because it just leaves less room to have mechanics happen outside of the boss's range. Um, but that doesn't mean I think the current situation is perfect. But yeah, like Sham said, it's I don't think the devs are doing it in, intentionally. It just happens. They're just creating mechanics. And because uh, usually you would want range to do them because they happen outside of the boss's range, it just tends to make it so you don't want as much melee. Right. Yeah. Tennels is thinking. I'm waiting for him. He's like, mm. I, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with <laughs> yeah. what was just said. I don't right. know. I don't, I don't think, I, I think there's an issue with the pure DPS classes because you have Warlock, Mage, and... Um, Hunter. You have Warlock, Mage, and Hunter. And then in terms of melee, you kind of have like DK Warrior and Rogue, right? Because, I mean, unless you're going to play tank, you're kind of like a pure D melee DPS, right? You don't really have an option. Um, I don't know. I, I, feel like it's, I feel like it's more in counter design and not necessarily like them making more melee specs. I don't think the melee specs are that big of an issue. You don't stack that many like of the same melee. Like you generally speaking will have unless like, two it's Zul, but that's obviously egregious. Obvi obviously, you're gonna have like two or two or three rogues on the roster at max, right? You're not gonna have more than one enhance. You're not going to have like a ton of demon hunters. You might have two demon hunters. You might have two warriors. You're not going to have like like a bunch of like mythic raiding guilds have like three or four mages, and they have like three or four hunters, and they have like yep. three or four warlocks. Yep. And I don't know what the I don't know what the diversity in terms of like spec breakdown in terms of like characters at 120 is, but I would assume that it's a little bit more ranged heavy, especially in the raid scene. So I think that they might be designing it with that in mind, as opposed to like trying to balance it 50 50, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then every so often you do get a raid like Nighthold, which favored melee a lot more than it did ranged. Uh, but I don't think when they decide Nighthold, they were like, oh, if we, you know, this time around. For this rate, we need to be extra nice to melee. Or <laughs> yeah, something. I don't think they decide yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think they they thought about <laughs> yeah. it like that. No. So yeah, I definitely do, do think it would be nicer to have a more even spread of range in melee. Right. Uh, is it unhealthy? I don't know. It's all. I think it's only a really big problem if there's really really melee unfriendly fights, like Mifrex this tier quite bad. Fented was kind of bad. And then they did fix Mythrax for melee, but then in turn they made it really bad for ranged instead. So they're just kind of, you know, trading one problem for the other. Death. Yeah, why don't they hit it with the Helia fix where it's like it alternates between ranged and melee every single time? Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I like that. See, because well, this. Good. The underpin of this before we move on is that it's not necessarily even that you only have so many melee, right? If you're bringing four or five in yeah. a mythic raid. It's also because you have to factor in if you've got any Mistweavers or Holy Paladins. Because they are essentially another melee. That, that's also fair. Intermittently, they are. But they still have to hit the boss, right? Yeah, correct. So, 
And then you also have tanks that take up position. Yep. And and also part of the boss on mini fights is just not not accessible for melee because of like frontal conal abilities such as like Zekvaz or S like like Zekvaz whatever and then Essence Shiro on Mithrax that just creates non-accessible spots for melee to be able, able to stand. And so then then whenever they compound it with these like really melee unfriendly mechanics, it kind of makes you want to bring more range just because it's so difficult. Right. But I don't think I, I think in terms of balance, I think if you wanted to, you you could bring as many melee as you want. Like as long as your melee are like super super sick, right? I would I would like to see It's just hard. It's really hard though. That would be a fun experiment, I think, if any of the, the, the top-end-ish more guilds want to sort of get that in the limelight, make videos about it, or think about, like, if what if you brought... Obviously, get the fights down, learn them, but then how would you do a 80-20 melee split raid? Or the opposite, right? Be a lot easier to be, like, no melee. There have been historically fights that you bring one or two, right? Or none. So I would like to see the flip now. And what if we bring... Melee to this boss, and then see how it changes everything. Basically, any any ranged mechanic goes to healers first, which then might cascade out of control in a bad way, because your healers are dealing with all this other crap that they shouldn't normally have to always deal with. So, yeah, we'll see. Only like two of the healers do. Well, yeah, yeah. and monks mainly. Exactly, exactly. So, there's something to be said there. And of course, we'll get tanks opinion on this and melee on this in the coming weeks, but... I also don't think it's a melee versus range thing. I think it's a melee versus melee thing. I right. think there's... In terms of fight design, I think there's only going to be so many melee spots available in terms of, like, how wide the boss is, right? Yeah. So it's going to be it's gonna be a melee versus melee thing. I think ranged, like, have to compete with, oh, what class does the most damage and what class brings the best utility for this fight, what players are the best, that kind of right. thing comparatively like if 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 you have to choose a shadow priest of moonkin or an ally shaman like you're going to pick who's doing the most damage who brings the best utility to that fight you're not going to say hey we should sit this uh warrior who brings a ton of execute for this other guy by and large yeah but i think that's good for that i'm gonna let these guys, if you guys want to step away for a moment i'm going to rattle off a few things here and then we'll sort of get into the the mixed bag section of the show. And of course, first things first, I accidentally clicked this way too early, but I have to give another big shout out to those that are supporting the show, the stream, and everything in between over on the show's Patreon page. This is the Artifact, Azerite, the assistant producers, and the executive producers of the show. There is more show if you enjoy the nerdy discussions that I get into in this corner of the internet. There are more of them. Currently, we're at 48 behind-the-scenes podcasts. So we'll have a little wrap-up after show here from this show today if you want more of this. But then, of course, there is the, the State of Healing after show. We've got the BTS for both the pre- and post-BlizzCon shows, and it goes on and on and on from there. And, of course, when all of the individual spec shows do start, there'll be more there as well. But if you haven't heard yet either, every single spec gets a show, which will take me essentially all of 2019 to get through. We've sort of structured it in a way that will go almost one of every every class, then one of every class, one of every class, so 12, 12, and 12 to go for the whole 36. But there are other shows sort of sprinkled in there. Again, we have the State of Tanks coming up next week, State of Melee the week after that, and then the year-end special 
which is going to be brutal. Taliesin and Evatel will talk about the epic wild battles of history community event coming up. And if you miss any of this stuff, the live shows, of course, are on iTunes and Google Play Music and the actual website, finalboss.tv, or they're all archived over on the YouTube with all the other side content that I do put together. So past shows, Healer Show, BlizzCon. I sat down with Word Up with Senpai to talk about the 8.1 Enhancement Shaman quote-unquote changes. Then I have my BlizzCon coverage where I sat down with Taryn Gregory and went over the cinematic interview for Terror of Darkshore. Did the same thing with Mark Messenger for Lost Honor. My dev interview when I play Classic WoW for almost an hour and a half. And of course the Cox and Crendor. And there's the State of Mythic Plus show that we did before as well. That was Shayla Tevin, Sierra, and Revo. That was really, really fun. That was a good show. If you want the inside on a whole bunch of Mythic Plus just discussion across the board, that is all on the show's YouTube channel, all linked down below. And outside of that, I am wearing red today, which as an Alliance player does feel a little weird, but it is Fabelina art. So if you want to support the show in a more physical way, this is the Azerite Days shirt, which is going to be on sale right now. Of course, I think it's um, yeah, free worldwide shipping over a certain ticket price over on the show's Designed by Humans page. So I work with a whole bunch of artists and create a whole bunch of custom art. We have the little little Arthas and we get the Son of the Wolf and then there's Sylvanas. And there's Adorite, the Azerite Day shirt actually comes in four different styles with or without text and then women's and men's or unisex style and a whole bunch of other stuff right there. We've retired a few designs over the years, but if you want to do physical stuff, and this is just the base design, you can, of course, go the one step deeper and do sweatshirts, hoodies, tank tops, a whole bunch of things, not just the regular t-shirts there. But there's the merch plug. There is all that. So thank you for keeping the show going. We're almost at like four plus years now. So 2019 will be a whole other season coming up here in a, a few weeks. So thank you for letting me keep doing this, keep talking to all these guys and girls about really nerdy game stuff. Okay. Wait, that's not red, you nerd. This is totally red. This is literally the horde red color. Come on. All right. So, you all back? We all set? Okie doke. Shall we weave in some questions from chat? I have a few sort of throwaway questions as well. But... This is sort of an interwoven throughout the show, but I didn't know if anyone had anything very specific for patch 8.1 that you wanted to bring up. If there are any new Azerite traits, trinkets, any buffs or nerfs that you want to pinpoint across any of the range that you you dabble in? Because there's way too many. I don't know if anything has shown up that's like, oh! but Well, obviously there's uh, the shadow changes they did, although those aren't really buffs to the no Kind of just shifting around the damage a little bit. Right. I'm uh, quite looking forward to those. Even though they're not massive, they don't fix a lot of the underlying problems. But they uh, they give us a little bit more talent talent variety, some small quality of life stuff. But nothing major. Now, that's not the same with Balanced Druid, right? Which has quite a bit more going on, Tettles, or...? Balanced Druid is... Um, getting kind of like nerfs to some of its like spread dotting, and it's uh, getting a new um, Azerite trait, which is going to be really strong for Boomkin overall. I 
personally, I don't know if any of the changes are really going to be that impactful in terms of like, oh, should I bring this class over this class? Right. I think there's more, um, you're going to be looking for more multi-daughters and stuff like that in Battle for Desarlor from what we've tested so far. Like some of the fights really, really favor multi-daughters and ranged. So it seems like that might be a little bit more of what you're looking for going forward in Battle for Desarlor anyways. So I don't know if any of the changes themselves are going to be that impactful. For Moonkin, there's not too much. Um, it's mainly fight design that's going to make a difference, like you said, for the multi-daughters. I think Shadow yeah. will be a lot better just based on the fight design. Yeah. Disregarding numbers. Right. Yeah. Okay. Which does make me a, a little bit afraid that the Affliction is going to be even better than it was already because it's also multi-daughter and it was also really OP already. But we'll see about that. Right. There's one change for Ellie that kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier. They're nerfing Earthshock and buffing Lightning Bolt to accommodate, but Earthshock's an ability that you use on the move, and Lightning Bolt's something you got to stand still for. So it's kind of like a further nerf to our ability to move in DP. But then they're also buffing Ice Fury, which is like a movement thing, so they're kind of going both ways. And it's weird that they're like doing that baseline change when one of our main problems is inability to do damage while moving. So they're basically making it worse, that's what you're saying, by yeah, putting kinda. more power into the lightning bolt. Yeah, do you like demonology, Warlock Shan? You might, uh... <laughs> I actually do like it, it but... See... My favorite Warlock's Yeah, that's... I, 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 the demonology Warlock discussion we had on my stream a couple of days ago, because I was trying to figure out... Because in my testing, in all my, my spec testing I did, demonology felt like the most mobile of the three Warlocks. At the time, when I was understanding the fact that, like, you get all these instant cast spells, and you can thun around, you can make this spec that's all about, like, just instant caster dudes and move around, and... But it's all about Hand of Gul'dan hard casting, I suppose. That's where it really comes down to it, so... But... The... Let me see... There was sort of a general-ish question. We sort of went over this throughout the whole show. But how do you all personally rank each ranged weakest to strongest in service of, like, the damage plus utility? Which that kind of goes right over to a question that I had here too about the um, sort of like the sleeper OP or not because the way you rank them now may totally change 8.1 into January so yeah dude we just want to talk about Uldir sort of like Uldir is kind of in a post-mortem state because okay. yeah obviously we have to use that as our background information right but mm -hmm. We do have nine new raids coming up as well, and a new Mythic Plus affix that will change how everything works. So it's hard to know specifically, but it's really easy to talk about in retrospect, like what's best for Uldir range. It's kind of yeah. hard to yeah. speak about what's going to be best for Battle for Desertor because obviously all the tuning's not final. They're still not even done doing raid testing, I don't think. So there's it's, there's still stuff to come. Okay. On who wants do either of you want to do like a the, uh, we, can, oh, we can kind of discuss like well, what we think is best in Uldir. deer. I think I think yeah. just kind of setting that up yeah. is probably. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll just say like as a sort of uh, prediction, I guess, in terms of what will change between the range DPS specs, like in terms of how they rank, I don't think it'll change that much. I think shadow and balance will be a little bit higher, but I think the rest will stay relatively the same. I think um, affliction or warlock in general will still be in the top range spec. And then there's also Hunter, of course, which is like the jack of all trades almost. You can just do the mechanics if you need them to do it. 
Um, I'm curious if Marksman yeah. will shy a little more with the adjustments they have coming up, because I know there's yeah. a... It's supposed to be really good. Yeah, there's a bit of yeah. a, a back good and forth on that. Yeah. But Marksman, if any other range spec, like Arcane, is the only thing I can equate to Marksman, you have to tunnel, like, really hard. I guess Demonology Warlock, too, right? Lots of tunneling. Elemental Shaman. So you have those specs, and you have the more mobile ones, so it depends. So, I mean, if we want to if we want to rank them for old deer, I think it's really safe to say that Affliction is by far the best. In terms of like yeah. utility and damage, yeah. Affliction, Warlock, <laughs> yeah. Affliction and Destruction Warlock, both of those Warlock specs are pretty good. So Warlock, probably by far the best. Second, it's probably Blaster Master Fire Mage, and they're good because of their trait, not because the class is like super sick. They're really good because of that trait, though. Um, Mage and probably Moonkin are probably close to second. Like probably Mage, Moonkin, and Hunter are probably all really close together. Um, but Blaster Master just push, pushes Fire Mage just way far ahead. And then obviously Beast Mastery Hunter is like decent. Same with Moonkin. They're both there. And then I think it's safe to say that Spreest and Ellie probably aren't super sick, but Spreest is required for Zul, so they're okay-ish, I guess. I forgot yeah. my resource. For older, for older, it won't change very much with 8.1, I think, the ranking. Really depends on what kind of which encounters sort of go up that, like, bump tier. Like, which which encounters are going to feel like that Fetid Devour, right? Are they going to be single target? Or are they going to be yeah. the, the cross-dot ones? I want to I bring mean, up for, one... So for Fetid, like, oh, Mage yeah. is disgusting because they have, like, Rop in the... Or they have uh, Rune of Power and they have uh, Combustion and then they can yep. literally just blow up the Corpuscle and, like, almost solo it up. It's really... Just... Yep. So I, there's one more resource I didn't bring up earlier in the show that I actually had to bring up right now because I had to make sure I was on the same page with this, this what a Blaster Master Fire Mage was. So Azerite.info is a huge database of all of the actual... It's just sortable by all the different classes in the game, and you can search any either armor that may or may not have certain trait combinations. And this, of course, will be updated in 8.1, or traits. So Blaster Master is the, it's the mastery increase through Fire Blast. And yeah, and so basically you end up playing it like... You end up fire blasting, and then you don't fire blast based on when you need it for pyro blast charges. You end up fire blasting based on when you need it to refresh Blaster Master during your combustion, because you're automatically getting crits through combustion, so you're already okay. So you're you're trying to layer it as fast as possible, and if you have like bloodlust plus troll racial, you can get up to like five stacks of that, and it makes your ignite do just nutty damage. Right, it's all for ignite stacking. Yeah, correct. Which turns you into a dot class. <laughs> I mean, I, it's yeah, I it's it's war it's it's In warlord's the war, yeah. fire mage, yeah, warlord's fire mage, all over again. Oh yeah, it's the uh, black rock foundry fire mage, right? Yeah, back when back when combustion was a huge dot. Yep, but yeah, battle for Desire. I think uh, battle for Desire Lord though. I don't know, like marksmanship hunter looks super. I would assume destruction is pretty good from my testing. Moonkin is also super sick right now. Uh, I would assume I would assume it's going to say probably close to the same. Like like Isom said, it's probably going to be close to the same. More of like Warlock Hunter Mage. Like if you're looking for just pure damage, you should always be rolling a pure DPS regardless, right? If right. you're looking for this top tier damage, you should be playing a pure. It's. Yeah. I brought up a because I always want to look at well, we talk about this topic, actual stats. So I brought up Warcraft Logs, for those of you that haven't looked at this kind of stuff, and the, the guests are just talking out of their ass. So, it's actually kind of funny. Survival Hunter, this is a, 
50, this is 90th percentile, sorry, heroic across the entire board here, just to get, this is an Uldir still. It's funny how Survival Hunter is actually the best hunter, but again, based on all the stuff we talked about earlier, it's a, it's a melee, so it has a problem with bringing melee, and again, Beast Mastery is like right there, sort of right at the bottom, right, right underneath the middle, but like we said, Affliction, Fire Mage, Destruction, right? And then if we go over to, like, so let's do Mythic 50th percentile Mythic, just to get some comparison here. We have, again, we go Fire Mage, Affliction, Destruction, right? Demonology actually creeps up a little bit there, a little bit. After all, Rogue, Rogue, Rogue. So, and then we go to 90, let's do 99th percentile Mythic. Again, we have Fire Mage, Destruction, Affliction, right? So, it's, it's pretty telling. Based on old I mean, I mean, there they are, right? Yep. The usual suspects. Yep. They're at the top. Affliction for Warlock for him. <laughs> yep. Like maybe it was just my guild, but I feel like during progression, the hunters were like a lot better than they look now. Because we had like four and a half the fight. Hunters are really good on progression. And oh, that yeah, is... That's yeah. due to, because they don't get punished. Like, they don't get punished for movement. They're really easy to pick up on a fight. Like... If you're okay at Hunter, you can pick up a fight, any fight, like, really quick. Especially as Beastmaster. I think yeah, as, as MM, you get punished for movement, I think, pretty hard, but... I would say. Yeah. And it's also more... It's not just about overall damage. It's, like, the type of damage you need for... Or the yeah. type of mechanics you need handled for a fight. And BM was really good for that uh, during older. BM is also, like, unkillable with that pet heal. Oh, yeah, Spirit Man. Yeah, OP. that's a yeah. stupid ability. Yeah, 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 problems come in with buffs reinforced to force roster diversity, but current specs who have them are simply tuned higher at the moment. <laughs> it's, it's kind More of well law. said in that regard. Yep. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Yep. A little bit happens in that way, but... Yeah, we kind of talked about that as well. Should classes that have unique abilities should take a hit in pure DPS or survivability? I don't know if there's like a punishment tax should be in. I just think yeah. that Blizzard has to decide if they want a little bit of shared uniqueness or every single person has to bring something that's unique. There needs to be yeah. a unifying balance principle and a unifying like design principle, I think. Like, no not trying to tell them how to do their job, but as long as right. it's a little bit more structured and, and it's kind of understood how things should work, I think it would be very helpful for not only just Blizzard, but for the community as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think the problem as well is that um, these things you can't really um, decide just from a design point of view. Like if you decide as a developer that you want Elemental to do more damage when it's standing still compared to a BM Hunter, how are you actually going to translate that into the game before you do tuning. You can't really. So when they do tuning before Mythic opens, they just look at the stats and they nerf what's high and they buff what's low. So that design principle, that design philosophy, they can't really make true because you, you just simply cannot decide that beforehand. Like right. just through numbers beforehand. It, yeah, it isn't just a numbers battle. Like again, it. it prevailing throughout this entire show and kind of like the prevailing way we had in, the, in the, the healer show is that all the healers you can bring whatever healing comp you want heal just fine but it's the certain ones that bring that extra little nugget 
right? Same thing with ranged. If all the ranged in a vacuum all have the same DPS, it doesn't matter because gateway is still ridiculously strong, immunity so ridiculously strong. There are certain check marks that go against this. And again, this is a lot of this is still the higher end discussion. So, I mean, I always tell people you can really play what you want. Like in terms of talents and in terms of like spec and everything else, if you're a good enough player, you can make it work regardless of like what talents or whatever else you're playing, right? Right, right. But I don't know. There's obviously a lot of optimizations that you can make pretty easily. And there's a lot of things that make it like this path of least resistance. And there are some classes and specs and stuff like that right. that are pretty egregious offenders of being a little bit overtuned in terms of this design philosophy for ranged. I feel like the main issue there is like they choose the utility beforehand and, and then after the raid comes out, they're tuning strictly around damage. Yeah. Like, they're trying to make the damage equal while having utility to set like a backdrop, but the utility means so much that it's hard to really quantify how much damage is this utility worth. And if they don't do that right, then you end up with specs like Warlock in their gateway. Even if their damage is, like, in the middle, they're still going to be brought forward. I mean, Warlock's even if Warlock's game. damage was in the middle, all of their damage is, like, front-loaded under Dark Glare and their cooldown, so it's, like, they're going to get... You still have four in Gahoon, you still have, like, three or four in Mithrax. Yeah. They're just too good overall. Oh, it's funny you bring up. Isn't Dark Lord getting cut down again in eight one? I think <laughs> so. God, yeah. Hope so. <clears throat> hope so. Yeah. I, th I think I think Affliction is getting pretty big UA nerfs too. I think right. Yeah, I saw it? UA nerfs. I didn't see anything from Dark Lord. But I see, like even you, even when you bring up that terminology, because it, it kind of sounds all doom and gloom. Big. It's a, it's a dot. Uh, they're they're nerfing oh, their sure. main dot spender. No. Yeah. Absolutely. But even if even if Affliction goes down. 10%, right? It'll still be basically above the middle. And you want to be in the middle of the player understanding because then you're not going to get nerfed and you don't need buffs, right? It's where you want to be. That's where BM Hunter is like sitting pretty close. Like that, I'm surprised because if BM Hunter was the best then you'd have just 12 BM Hunters, right? Like one Warlock. Yeah. I think there's always an issue with looking at those Warcraft logs graphs because true. The, the specs more towards the bottom are going to have less representation by stronger players. Correct. So, so you can you could probably take the top eighty percent, and then like the middle of that top eighty percent is probably the most like middling class, right? Yeah. Yeah. This was definitely the case for uh, Shadow, by the way, because going into order, a lot of the good Shadow priests they just played another better spec. Right. So there weren't a lot of good Shadow priests left that were actually progressing through order. And we'll need probably about a month of siege logging or battle for dza logging rather right to really switch that at least two weeks if not a month of aggregate yeah. data to sort of see yeah things i don't know i'm not too upset with how moonkin is because moonkin's always been pretty good yeah like it's never been like bad and i think that they're always like okay with their tuning like because like you said in the in our meeting group yesterday or whatever it's tuned within like 10 or 12 percent so it's not world endingly bad it's it is within player skill, like, differentials, but it is an uphill battle sometimes for a lot of the specs right now, especially for ranged DPS as a whole. Yeah. So, a question that came up in chat was about wands, and this is a kind of a, a strange one for casters. All the, I'm, I'm going to entertain the, the wand question, because Classic's coming out, and wanding was a huge part of being a caster that could use a wand, right? Because you would go oom, and you would wand. <laughs> uh, or there'd be bosses that are immune to your damage type, so you would wand. But this is, I guess, 
it's the warlock mage shadow priest kind of potential because they brought wands back in BFA that you can actually use as a main weapon. But you don't actually use them. Do you think they could ever use them other than the stat stick? Don't it... wands encourage GCD? Oh, when yeah. you're when you're flicking it, yeah. absolutely, it's an auto attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't they like incur like something that's like a, like an actual global cooldown, not like a melee global cooldown, right? I don't um, think so, but I don't think you can use it while casting or moving. So there's like okay, never a situation where you actually want well, to do the, it. The, the question in chat specifically says, "What if you could use wands while you were casting spells?" Right. And then if it, I mean, it break the if it would break the game, I don't think it would break the game. I do think it would be really annoying <laughs> because you would <laughs> you would have to constantly spam your wand while you were casting. Um, yo, yo, yeah. give, give me a five percent buff because I can't use wands and we're okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> I mean, that could be an interesting... Ba balance all these wand classes around the thought that they should have a wand. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Increase like, what, the APM requirements. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Spam no. right click while you're casting. Harry Potter yeah. spells. Oh, no! Yeah. No yeah. thank you, though. <laughs> no thanks. Just macro wand auto attack to every spell. <laughs> That's disgusting. Margetta macro space. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. That'd be bad. But, so here's one. How about, so what are you doing standing so close to the melee on this boss that is melee unfriendly? That's a discussion that comes up quite a bit. Why are the range so close? Can you each share a, okay. Can you each share a ranged DPS horror story you've experienced in game? So... <laughs> I've got a pretty good one. So for, uh, on Mithrax progression, yeah. go for it. Yeah, you go first. Uh, yeah. So we were on Mithrax progression, and and our healer is probably standing a little bit close, a little bit close to the melee. In, in all fairness, he was probably a little bit close to the boss for no real reason. I think it was because he was like trying to rapture and heal and stuff like that. And and this this kind of ties back in just because disc priests are for most intents and purposes ranged like classification. Demon Hunter is like far side of the boss. He like fell rushes, like insta orbs the the ranged, and then he starts screaming about why is he in melee. And he's like, wait, what? He just uh -oh. fell rushed onto me, and it's like, I don't know if it's a Demon Hunter thing or if it's like a melee thing that they don't really have like that great situational awareness around the boss because they're just. I feel like they're always just trying to connect with the boss. Like their top priorities connect with the boss. Their second priorities do mechanics. From my experience, right, and so I. And so then he like complains about like ranged being in melee, and it's like, and it's like this healer thing that you were even talking about earlier, like the Mistweaver monk and the yeah. Holy Paladin also taking up the space in melee. And it's really hard to have like super great situational awareness as melee whenever you're trying to also hit the boss. I think. It's well, in the uh, little discussion we had yesterday, I actually my horror story that I shared was that on Gahoon, sometimes the waves would follow you in a fell rush or an eventual retreat. It would hit you, but as you VR'd or as you fell rushed away, it would still apply the effect like after you finished your movement ability because I don't know how it caches it. But so that's been funny. So I've actually I've I've fell rushed back to melee and like in my fell rush get orbed when orb could on Mithrax, and, like, it's on the way through, so there's range there, and I'm just like, I would should have been over there, and then orb, but I'm here, and, okay. That's just a, that's a, that's a systems thing. That's a server ping packeting, whatever. But, 
Yeah, me melee mechanics right now require you to like spread so quickly sometimes for a lot of these fights, like Wave on Gahoon, um, Fetid Devourer, like dodging those little circles around all your friends. Yep. Uh, Orb on Mithrax, it's like spread and stack kind of stuff, and like not even like stack, but kind of be a little bit closer. And so, I don't know, the melee mechanics are really, really punishing this tier overall. Aizen, what do you have? Horror well, story. Uh, it's actually quite funny. Generally, it's the, the Munkins that, no, no, no. Uh, that give us the most problems for the melee. <laughs> like, uh, baby, you should probably ask Word up sometimes. But he's he really doesn't like Munkins because oh, they, no. they tend to be melee a lot when they shouldn't be. Uh, and I don't really have a specific example of that for Munkins. I do have a specific example uh, for Zulorak progression in Hellfire Citadel, where uh, our Firemates, uh, who is actually in the chat right now, um, he used to be close to the to the boss a lot, so he could do a lot of damage to the imps with Dragon Breath. But <laughs> the consequence of that is that he would spawn the Void Fiends in melee quite often, and instead of just kiting the Void Fiends out of the melee, he would blink away, and so the Void Fiends would step into the melee, and we would instantly wipe. And this happened multiple times during progression, and this caused quite a bit of uh, friction at the time. Was your, uh, was your Dragon's Breath cost... worth it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was worth it in the end. I mean, it is because, a disorient, because... and those imps do cast. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably not worth it, but... Well, he, he ended up uh, he ended up rage quitting one night because people were people kept yelling at the mage to just get out of melee, you know. But he didn't listen, so it got so heated in the end that he uh, he just rage quit. Oh no! So that's probably my favorite ranged screwing over melee. Oh no! That I have. <laughs> Sham, your camera is <laughs> flicking, which I don't know if that's the indication. I don't know of... what's going on. <laughs> It's ready for you. It's it's just it's it's getting spooky. Go for it. What's what's your ranged horror story? Kind of similar to Tettles, but we had like two double orbs on Mithrax in a row, and then someone like questioned if we should wipe it or not. So people kind of stopped paying attention, and then suddenly we decided not to wipe it. And then literally two seconds later, five melee orbs. I, I, like immediately after saying, "Oh, we should not wipe it." No, oh, and everyone's orb. Yep. Kind of similar, but. There's a lot of issues with, like, how bosses... Like, on Fetid of Error, like, having to move the boss back and forth for the big the big tank ad and stuff like that, the mass, and just, like, how the melee move around. It's There's been a lot of friction between, like, ranged and melee movements this tier. Ranged have to be really, really, really catering towards how these melee move right now. Yep. But Fetid in general is a pretty awful boss, if you ask me. I, I think really it's okay. I, I, like I, I, mean, I don't know. It's it's weird yeah. that well, they they nerfed uh, numerically on the Fetidive Hour initial stuff with the the ads the the three things being nerfed HP wise made sense but I never knew why they just made the large one spawn always in the middle on the right or the left why wouldn't they just can't they just uh, make the stupid because the problem was that the explosion was too big right like the the debuff explosion was just so massive why wouldn't they just shrink that as the nerf uh, the to problem with the more. mutated mass spawn being uh, random was that it would would be RNG how much movement you actually had to make oh, either course. as melee or range. so that was really bad you could yeah. really get screwed over on that fight before they made that change and now there's some sort of consistency there so you can position 
position yourself much better right. um, in preparation for the knocks, etc. So that definitely improved the fight a lot. But before that, uh, I thought it was really Especially as a shadow pre- didn't progress that fight, by the way. Right. How about... We've sort of gone over this question a number of times. I'm not going to omit it from the notes here. What uh, currently... This is a double-pronged one. What range spec are you enjoying the most versus the least? And you may or may not be able to weigh in on what your thoughts are, but when 8.1 rolls around, so let's say most enjoy, least enjoy kind of in this realm currently. And Tettles, I'll go back to you on this one. Are you... I actually hate playing Warlock. Oh. I'm not a fan. Like, I, I don't know. It's just not super fun for me. I don't know what it is because Moonkin has dots, but it doesn't feel like always like it's like a super heavy dot spec, even though it has dots. And so the Affliction Lock just is not super fun for me, um, even though it is good. It is like by far the best ranged and it is like a super sick class, but I just am not a fan. Um, what I have enjoyed I, enjoyed, I enjoyed Marksmanship at the end of Legion. That was really fun. Um, I also do enjoy Shadow Priest a little bit. Uh, it's probably similar to Moonkin. It is a little bit similar to Moonkin and how they function, so I do enjoy that kind of slower play style and the more cast-heavy stuff, but there's there's a lot of people who have differing opinions. Right. Isaac, what about you? Uh, well, Shadow is still the spec I enjoy the most, even though it has a lot of flaws that I recognize. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just still my one true love, I guess. I can't really move away from it. Um, and I think I said at the start of the show as well, the range class I've never really got into was mage. Right. I'm not even, I'm not really sure why it just never really appealed to me. I've tried leveling a mage, but it's just, I just quit leveling. It's just boring to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but I quite like, um, I really like Moonkins and, uh, Affliction as well because, you know, mm. dot specs and all that. So I really enjoy those. Um, yeah, so I'll do it, I guess. Sham, what about you? If you don't say Elemental Shaman first, the Earth Shrine's gonna roast you, but please. I'll start with, in 8.1, <laughs> Elite Shaman is definitely my favorite. I really enjoy the playstyle there, but right oh now, God. I think I'm liking Destrolock more oh. on like a pure playstyle basis. And then my least favorite is, sorry, I isn't definitely Shadow Priest. Oof. I loved it in Legion, but right mm. now, it just feels so unrewarding to me. Getting like 20 stack void farm. Very understandable. Very big difference. I love Sarnid or Madness too. That was my favorite thing ever, but that's gone now. Are you a high APM gamer? Dude, I loved it in Emerald Nightmare and TUV. So much fun. (laughs) I don't know. Until you get a lag spike and you just die. Well, it was fun while it lasted. I was definitely not too sad when they nerfed it in 7.1. I mean, that's just like one of those skill gap things. Like, if there are 50 or 40 priests in the world who can hit third void torrent, it's probably a bit rough. Right. Yeah. Well, but... I could I could do that in Emerald Nightmare. But, right. uh, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, like I said, it was fun while it lasted. It was quite, it was quite stressful uh, some of the time. And I wouldn't have, I would have still played Shadow if it, you know, remained a thing in Nighthold, but I wasn't too sad when they nerfed it in Seven point one point five. Yeah, ba- balance would have to be pretty bad for me to want to reroll too. And I've been 
fairly okay with how balance has been. They've been pretty middle of the pack and decent for most things for a while. So it's like, it's all the same as like, if it's the best class I would own, if it's like middling, that's okay. I'm probably going to still play it because I really enjoy it. And I think that, I think that's one of the most important things that should be stressed is you should always be playing something that you find fun. If you enjoy something, you end up playing it better, whether you realize it or not, because you're more into it, you're more passionate about it. You end up learning more about it when you're playing it. But definitely better to play something you like over just like whatever is flavor of the month if you don't like that. Oh, absolutely true. That's something that I've been been saying for a very long time. Because even if the, the top X, Y, and Z spec is this, but you just don't like it, you're not going to get that extra percentage that it's above your current spec out of it because you don't have fun playing it. So there's just no point. Unless you're trying to challenge yourself or something or other, but yeah. Well, Eisen just turned into a blurry mess. Is he okay? <laughs> He just, I think, he, he bumped his, yep, hopefully he comes back, so. F. Yeah, F, F in chat for Aizen. We were getting, like, the end of the closing remarks section of the show, and he just, uh-oh. Yeah. He might have to, he dispersed IRL. Oh. I mean, yeah, that's Sorry just... for all the damage, I guess. Yeah, oh, gosh. It could be. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else in chat that I saw that I wanted to bring up, unless anyone knew had anything else you wanted to touch on. That's everything I have. So, but now I want to know where Eisen went, because I kind of need him to, to close the show out. Yeah, <laughs> the F's in chat right now. Yeah. He casted Fade to aggro drop. Okay. Wait, aggro drop me? But I wasn't going to, come on. Uh-oh. Oh, we'll see. He's still on the call, though. Give me just one moment. Live technical. Wait, is he still connected? I don't know. He might be. It looks like he was moving his position. And then, oh. Now he's a giant black box. Now he actually is a Shadow Priest. Now, see, now he was jealous of this whole show. The fact that Sham was the grayscale. <sighs> In full grayscale. Oh, oh welcome back. Hello? Hello? Hello. Oh, Patrick. My PC just randomly Oh. oh. Now he's I Patrick. No idea uh, what happened. Your webcam too hard. Yeah. He ascended. He's a, he embraced the void. We had some good 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 one liners. Oh damn. I missed them. Are you gonna be Patrick or can your camera work now too? Hello, Patrick. Yeah. No, let me. <laughs> it's really good. I mean, I'm fine with that. That's a good frame right there. That's a good, it's a good frame. Let me see if I can. Uh... Why is it not going on yet? I don't know. Oh I have no. I'm not sure. You might be Patrick for the last bit of the show. So. It's not going on again. Yeah, is this a Final Boss TV show? No, this is Patrick. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, while you fiddle with that real quick, Sham, do you have any closing remarks you want to leave out there? Anything you want to sort of leave the elemental community with or just some ranged tidbits that you want to close on or any shout-outs that you forgot from earlier? All you. Soapbox it. I'm coming back to LA 8.1, boys. Don't worry. Everyone seemed to think I left right now, but I didn't actually leave. I just didn't main it for Prague, but... 8.1 Ellie's looking really fun, looking pretty good. All the retesting I did looked pretty solid. Not like amazing, but it's not super far behind either. Definitely doable. 
Not really sure anything else I have to say. Shout out to Blood Mallet for doing all the all the sims for both his website and for the shamans. Oof, Tons yeah. of work put in there, so big props to him. No shout out to your guild though, again. right? Nothing. No. No, oh, they're a big dumb guild, you know. They're just <laughs> too dumb, I guess. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yikes. Wow. They let me play Ellie on Zekvaz, even though it was like 350 eye level and they had no idea whether it was good or not. They just trusted me. I can appreciate that. Okay. Tattles, how about you? Uh, shout out to the Dream Grove. Shout out to uh, Junderer and Gas Tank for doing all the Moonkin Sims and uh, making this pretty easy for me. Um, shout out to my guildies. Uh, I appreciate raiding with you all. Uh, that's it. Shout out to Bay for having me on the show. There you go. I'll appreciate that. You want to see my cat? Well, we have a few times during this show, a little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he's been running around. I think chat like wants to see your cat, yeah. He's shaved like a lion. I know. <laughs> it's too good. Ooh. This is the show now, chat. This is it. This is all. This we is all the show. show. Yep. Yeah. Looks like I can't fix my webcam. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Patrick. Patrick. You, you may have to leave the entire call and then rejoin it. You can try. Yeah, but that. it's not. It's not going on all together. The webcam. Maybe. No. It broke or something i have no idea well that's fine they got enough of your pretty face during the show but what do you have for sign-offs patrick i'm just gonna put patrick full screen this is, <laughs> this is so good <laughs> yeah what, what you got eisen well uh shout out to uh the warcraft piece guys mainly for the sims they've been working hard the past few days trying to get the 8.1 stuff shout out to public in particular he's been doing a very a lot of work in regards to that uh He's been on the show before, actually. Yep. DJ Riff uh, and Public were for the Legion show for Shadow Priest, yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, shout out to Icy Veins for being a really good resource for any class respect. Uh, not biased, by the way. <laughs> and um, yeah, shout out to you, Bay, for having me on the show. It's really fun. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, and of course, we'll all be in touch depending on when the individual spec shows come around, but I think that will do it. I think I'm going to hit this little play button over here and roll us on out. So that's going to be episode 175, the state of ranged DPS in Battle for Azeroth, sort of on the cusp of patch 1.8. Sort of getting a mixed bag representation across the board there, but again, background we had tettles you can go watch him shoot moonfire and flap on his twitch channel at tettles even though because english is dumb it could be like tetles but it's not have you ever been asked Tet about last name is uh tettleton so oh, it's okay so it doesn't it's so some okay fair enough but thank you for being on the show again sir it's a pleasure appreciate it and there's there's Aizen, even though it's Patrick, but it's Aizen. I think we find him in Discord at Aizen Tropy. Tropy? Isn't isn't Tropy? Yeah, yeah, Aizen Tropy is fine. Yeah. Whatever you want to say. There's no I official way to say it. So. Icy Vein, Shadow Priest Guide, and of course, he may or may not look like this uh, for the rest of the show, but it was a happy accident. But thank you for your time <laughs> on the show, sir. I appreciate You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. And there's Sham. 
bring up the the black and white camera. Not sponsored by Pringles, either this show or him. Just not a sponsor. Yet. Yet. <laughs> Trying. But you can follow him at his Twitch channel as well at Naysam, which is not Sham. Do you It's close. We talked about this before, I think. Cause I was wondering why the desync. Cause that's your I Twitter like having as well. Two different aliases. Oh. Well, like one is like a public alias, the other one's what like my closer friends in Guildies call. It's kinda cool to be able to have those two separate. Okay. That explains that. But thank you for being back on the show again, sir. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Appreciate you having me. And then next week again, if you haven't heard, the state of tanking is next week, and then the melee is the week after then there'll be a break for the holiday season and then we'll be back with the year end special with taliesin evatel and brutal that'll be the sort of year-end wrap-up nonsense just for fun and we'll talk about the epic wild battles of history community event coming up in the spring of 2019 going to be a part of that the epic wild battles is the horde versus alliance the retro raid race coming back again for season two but then again check out youtube if you missed any of the show or the actual website, finalboss.tv, for the audio-only versions. And again, if you want to support what the show does directly, go pick up some Fabelina art or some Tutron art over on the Design by Humans page linked down below as well. But until next week, everybody, thank you very much for watching. And uh, bye! Bye-bye, bye-bye. you can't wave, bye -bye. but everyone will yeah, wave I'm, for I'm, you. because I'm, I'm, wave, I'm waving, but waving. you just can't. Uh, Hold yeah. on, this is, this is an O to Dreams, the OK hand. Oh, it's not below the waist though, so it's not. No, like, cut. Not, no, oh, jeez.